Hello, welcome back to Culture Dumps. Today we are continuing our coverage of the celeb reality era of VH1's programming, aka Dumps of Love. Previously on Culture Dumps, we discussed uh, Flavor Flav and his rise to reality royalty with his show Flavor of Love and the spinoffs that occurred after that, I Love New York, uh, Real Chance of Love, you know, one and two, Frank the Entertainer, A Basement Affair, also Charm School. We talked about Surreal Life, how that spawned not only Flavor of Love, but also Strange Love and My Fair Brady, one through three, maybe, baby, um, you know, and all, all that and there's going to be plenty more, um, but there's there's another phase, and it was all happening at the same time. There was no end to these shows. There were so many of them that I I'm still discovering new ones, and I'm like, oh fuck, like this one existed too. But um, it's it's really split in half. You have Rock of Love and Flavor of Love, and then all the shows that were created out of those two pathways is essentially right. right. What, what's what's yeah. happening here? Yeah, because it's like Rock of Love wasn't. There wasn't like crossover characters from it, but it was inspired by Flavor of Love. Like, yes, let's do that, but with a rock, like a rocker guy instead of like a right. Rap well, superstar. and and apparently, um, because I mean, I'm not gonna even start to spoil where all this ends up because you folks at home that don't know this story and a lot of people don't like I just found this like I loved these shows and I just found out how this all went down. You know, maybe two years ago, but um, uh. The thing is, is that Brett, like, wanted to do this show. So he fucking, like, like he approached VH1 and was like, oh, mm -hmm. I should do a show like that. And they're like, yes, Brett Michaels, you should. Um, and for some reason, like, because there, there was an interview with one of the contestants of Rock of Love and the producer, Mark Cronin, who, who kind of is the king of celeb reality. He created all these shows, like, oversaw all of these shows, uh, created Surreal Life as well. So he's really responsible for celeb reality in total, uh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Cronin. I reached out to him. Uh, I don't think he wants anything to do with a show called Culture Dumps. But... Uh, <laughs> Big shocker, but, but why not? I mean, come on. I, yeah, it's like you know what you come did. On. You we're, know what you we're did. Bringing the we're trying to bring keep this legacy alive over here, right? But he, you know? he made it seem like Brett Michaels was like like a godsend, like a bigger celebrity than Flavor Flav. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like Flavor Flav's legacy, had he had not done Flavor of Love, would like hold a little bit more respect just because of the place Public Enemy holds in music history versus Poison. Um, I feel like people do consider Public Enemy to be, to be like a more serious entry into musical history. Right. Um, I mean, they were both really popular. I would say, I mean, at this point, it feels like they are kind of the same in a certain way yeah, they're both big in the 80s a better person then, for this than brett michaels right and then the, it both kind of like the both of their shows really gave them a whole new life life fame you know of being like reality show stars so right well because again this was a new concept like early 2000s like the idea of having these shows and having it help you like was a new thing. And he recognized it right off the bat that this could be a really great way to boost his brand, um, which it was. So July of 2007 birthed what is possibly the greatest celeb reality series of all time. If, or at least one of them, uh, rock of love. Hey, won't you step inside my brain? I'm your freak show, baby. I'm your crazy train. 
And unlike mm-hmm. Flavor of Love, which has its roots in surreal life, Rock of Love was a completely original creation. Poison frontman and solo rock star Brett Michaels would be sharing a mansion with a gang of rock and roll babes, I use the term babes loosely, uh, who were all competing for his heart or his Rock of Love. The show is an rock. instant. Yeah, I don't know if Rock of Love is like a boner thing or if it's his heart, but I'm gonna say it's his heart. Um, and the show was an instant sensation. It even eclipsed rating-wise Flavor of Love. It was so insane. And the like, mm-hmm. uh, I I can't stress enough. You have to see this shit. When I was 15 years old, I was handed the secret to love. There's plenty of women out there that you want to be friends with, and there's a lot of women out there you want to have sex with. But if you can find one that you can be friends with and have sex with. Henceforth, Rock of Love. Like, the first episode is so fucking bonkers backwards. Like, first of all, he has his um, his, his bodyguard, Big John, uh, ex-Marine guy, uh, big old friendly dude. Kind of reminds you of, like, a bear that would get his paw stuck in a honey jar, you know, on, like, Splash Mountain yeah. or something. Um, and actually... Big John had a pretty tough time after Rock of Love. He attempted suicide multiple times. He dated one of the contestants oh, no. that that ended terribly. Yeah, he's in the hospital as like as like recently as like this year. Um, you know, so uh, our thoughts go out to to Big John always. And so like you know, first episode right off the bat, open bar. These are rocking chicks. Like these are fucking these like are rock. They're they're rockers, <laughs> the rocker dude. Girls. And 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 <laughs> they will never not let you forget that like it's the fucking second word out of every one of their mouths is like and i'm rocker chick you know and like Mm -hmm. like lacy who becomes one of the main main squeezes of the whole thing she makes it very very close to the end uh she now has her own podcast talk of love where she has you know contestants on Mm -hmm. fantastic um lots of lots of good insight there she and it originally started with her and Heather, who made it to the final two of season one of Rock Heather of Love. Heather Chadwell. Yes, who's now a very successful real estate agent um, and also does does extra acting and stuff. But And also, Heather was on Surreal Life uh, season one because they go to Vegas and Vince Neil brings a bunch of strippers onto the bus. She is one of those strippers. Kind of uh, interesting factoid there. See, it's all related. Mm. This whole like celebrity well, yeah, was its own universe. It's, it's like it's Marvel showbiz. Well, yeah, I mean, because the people that are going to be on these shows, you know, that's the thing is you're you're still having television producers that are creating casting calls. So it's people that are looking to be in entertainment, you know. So, again, it's like the whole wait, they're not looking for love. Well, they they are (laughs) looking for love. They are looking for love, but they are also looking for love on TV and they're looking <laughs> yeah yeah very important to know and that, yeah. you know that's another thing is they and they all you know the producers are they do I mean that's why it's so interesting and I do want to try and get into more of like the mechanics of it because that's what fascinates me is like you know the producers they're casting people with the hopes that like so it's like you're, you don't have actors where you're not writing a script you can't write all the drama but if you cast people, if you're like, this person's like a quiet, shy person, and then this person is like really in your face, and then this person's also like really in your face, but you know, like maybe if we put these two people together in the house, they're going to fight. Yeah, and, and so they it's do. kind of like, right, right. So you have that, the casting is really interesting where it's like the producers, that's the thing I've learned more about these shows is that the producers, they can't fully say, like they can't, tell brett michaels who to pick but they are saying like hey we see it from this angle so yeah these they're they're letting the the brett michaels is know like this is who we think would be a good person to pick 
And right. we'll get into more with that with one of the other contestants. Where yeah. Kind of, where yeah. I really there's going to be, in the words of one of the executive producers who was in, um, there's a great a great television series called For Real, The History of Reality TV. It's hosted by Andy Cohen, the founder of Bravo Network. You know, I mean, arguably like mm-hmm. the fucking God, like the fucking king the cook, of yeah. reality TV, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and one of the producers says, you know, they, they, it would it would ruin the integrity. <laughs> like I love using the word integrity when talking about of uh, celebrity. But uh, it mm-hmm. would ruin the integrity of the show if they straight up made them pick who they thought would be the best. Right. But they would mm-hmm. strongly encourage certain Do, decisions. Yeah, to be doing made. what you can, doing what you can to try and you know yeah. force the hand. Which to me is like really interesting. Like at this point now, I would love almost like a meta reality show that involved the producers. Absolutely. Because it seems it seems like that behind the scenes stuff is so fascinating in its own right. It would be kind of cool if somehow possible to even include that in it. Right. Um, Yeah. But again, reality shows, I mean, there could be arguments made that like some of the real housewife shows are as juicy or like drama filled, but it's really not the same. Like, you know, cause those are, that's just drama like created in between a group of like, you know, friends or like acquaintances that are thrown together mm-hmm. without, without an end goal. This there, there's an actual competition element, you know, and the, right. the, the prize being yeah. Brett Michaels. It's, yeah. Right. Exactly. So that's, what's interesting about it. Yeah. The, the real housewives, the Kardashians, it involves drama, but it also involves people that, I mean, they're just like really rich and wealthy. And so that yeah. sometimes that in itself kind of becomes the thing where you're like, I want to see how the other half lives kind of, you know, I want to see how the, those uber wealthy Kardashians, what, you know, goes on in their life. And then this is still, again, in that wild, wild west golden age of reality show where, yeah, of course, money is involved, but these are much more like quote unquote normal people, at least yeah. financially. And the, and the, you have the competition edge, which again, I think in the last episode, I think the, the success of survivor kind of influence that we should have competitions, you know, kind of these like, there has to be like, a, there has to be an end game. On. You know what I mean? Like there has to be right. an end game. Otherwise mm-hmm. you're just, you know, like the, no one would well I, I don't want to say no one would watch it if they weren't if there wasn't an end game and it was just like these girls all in a house but it's like what would be the point you know so that so was like the, the that was the one kind of evolution from the surreal life of ha- the original ones like having nothing going on is that you do have to put some an kind of point. like right um my favorite from season one was rodeo i might be a southern lady but i manhandled that bitch Rodeo is fucking so great. First of all, life's really working out great for her. Um, you know, she, I, I, I think she does real estate too. Uh, and she's married mm-hmm. to like a supremely rich dude. She had kids. She was a little bit older than the other gals. Very svelte. Um, and she was like the first in line in rodeo. Like there's a great, like one of the, the uh, dates that they go on is like Brett takes them takes three of the gals to a studio for a recording session with fucking, uh, who is it? Don, uh, Don was or Don, Don was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah who's yeah. like a legend and he's like he's sitting huge. there with mm-hmm. fucking these girls and Brett's like, okay, so each of you are going to do like a little, a little bit in this song. And like mm-hmm. one of them sings, you know, and then rodeo, she just like, fakes like an orgasm and like really, really goes for it. And it's hilarious. And then one of the other girls, he's like playing the butt bongo on her. He's like, let's get some right, mics on right. this ass. And like Brett Michaels, like he always, he's talking about his dick all the time. He's like, I'm taking pictures of these girls, man. And I'm ready to pop. Like, he, like he's yeah. just like, he, it's so gross. And like Brett all these girls Michaels, make out with them. And it's disgusting, dude. He, he 
he is such a character because I think he he knew exactly he did he understood the assignment yeah god damn it yeah well that's another thing that okay so like he he just knows and he's like this he's like this sleazy guy but then there's sort of there's like a wholesome down homeness to him that he's trying to no no then he's 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 always like ready to kind he's like really mixes kind of this spiritual talk like he's really ready to have these like intense heart to hearts but then he's always like one dick joke away you know like perfect he, example he's always thinking yeah. about his dick but he's also <laughs> which i mean i'm not trying to like cast a stone here i'm just yeah. saying like <laughs> yeah he's just a fucking type and then he's got the bandana i mean like the bandana like the the white dudes the rock dudes with the bandana once man. you I hit mean, a certain like, age man the metal guys turn into country guys yeah it's like that steven tyler thing you know just you gotta have like the johnny depp the steven tyler the brett michaels you got all the the rings and the you know, you got yeah. like some sort of necklace with a your jeans you know, are like embroidered and like crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's he's such a character. Um, one of the great <laughs> challenges is uh, they have to like he's in his PJs, which are like flame cool PJs, and there's like a quote unquote like doctor, and they put this like little loop around his dick, which actually this is a real thing that they do. So there's um like there's this state like high security mental hospital in California called Coalinga. It's for sex offenders. And one of the ways they track your progress is they put you at a table and they put this thing around your wiener. And like, then they show you pictures of say like kids in bathing suits or like they'll yeah, play like audio and they, they mm -hmm. sense to see if you're like, you know, getting off on it or getting no, hard. Getting yeah. And so they do that. They put that thing on Brett and then the girls are in the other room and they have to have like phone sex with them. Mm -hmm. And like one of the girls like sings him a song like she's like I'll fly to LA to be with you baby and he's just like <laughs> he's like I know that she's hot but this just ain't working for me and like it's just like <laughs> yeah. shit like that and like that's fucking great um, also there's there's yeah. a scene where the top three gals. It's uh or, or not even top three guys. It's like the top four that they, they all go to this big dinner in in Vegas and like you could like everything starts breaking down. Like they go to see his show, then they get really really wasted with his band backstage while he's getting ready. They meet up for dinner. Lacey is like crawling across the fucking bar, knocking everything over. Brandy M throws up into her hand at the dinner table. Heather is so wasted. She's putting sushi in her purse. Like, it's just like ever, and all this shit's happening right, at all, once. Yeah. No, that's, and again, like that's the thing is they are really getting drunk. And so then it kind of, um, it's the, the reality of it, which is like, again, it's very, very about, real. It, it's very real. And, um, I, I listened to a Brett Michaels interview kind of talking about it because now at this point, I mean, the show was so successful, if you see a Brett Michaels interview, it's going to be 50% about poison and it's going to be 50% about rock of love. Totally. Like that's how big, because it really did introduce him from say like an eighties rock star to then like a two thousands, you know, reality show TV star. And those interviews are fascinating because I mean, the dude is selling it. Like he definitely, he just has that sort of like he knows it's almost like the politician or the like he the watched flavor of like love and was star. like if i did it i would do it like this and he brought all right. of that and to so the he, table so when he's talking in these interviews he just really he he really knows how to be like no it really was real and like you know just saying all these things to kind of 
it's but just he also said to- in for real that that history of reality tv thing he said did i go there looking for love no not necessarily i just went looking for a good time and he always goes back to this fucking ego bullshit where he's like he's like you know people are watching this like whoa this is crazy and to me that's just like another night on the bus and i'm like bullshit bull fucking shit right like i, don't, also, I don't believe you <laughs> but also like that's like their biggest hit is like nothing but a good time yeah so it's like every time he's saying it <laughs> it's he's like, like making plug. <laughs> it's like i guess every rose has its thorn and then nothing but a good time so you like every time you say it, you know he's just not winking but he is winking like i just referenced one of my big hits well and like i said they did the phone sex thing poison's other big hit talk dirty to me uh right right you you know what i mean so there's there's all that i mean the the first season is just it's just so special and then they have the big reunion and the 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 person that won uh she says like you know like it's so funny the reunions of of rock of love every time the person's like yeah nah not really gonna work out Like, like it's just like like the whole thing was just a big waste of time but she says that heather should have won uh keep that in mind so sadly for brett oh one last thing. So you were talking about how it always goes back to his dick, like how he'll be like, you know, she's got these beautiful eyes and I could just really relate to her as a mom. Plus, she's got a great pair of tits. Like just like something like yeah. that. But no. <laughs> in the first episode, there's one of the contestants, Raven. Uh, I think you know where this is going to go. She She's like yeah. Raven is she'll show up again in another spinoff we'll, we'll mention. But she has this very like like I'm very into like the cosmos and like philosophy and like I'm very new age and I'm a lot smarter than people think and like I'm a lot smarter than everyone here and she's trying to have this talk with Brett she's like I want to be seen more than just this because I'm a really intelligent person and he's just like kind of zooming off and she's like you know because I don't want people just to be like thinking about my body he's like well you do have a great ass and just like completely like shuts her down well right I've you know one of my obsessions is locating these contestants on Instagram and um, Mm -hmm. this is this is not something to joke about but it is fucking uh, really out really just insane and unfortunate i found raven on instagram it's no longer you can no longer find her she is on youtube um but she ended up being pretty severely mentally ill and homeless living out of her car i actually know a guy who had seen her several times because she lived by the beach in her car she would always be topless and that was her thing and like she would make Mm -hmm. instagram videos of herself being topless being harassed by police and stuff and she would also like eat seaweed and like like uh paint with her menstrual blood and stuff i mean it's just like really Mm -hmm. like 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 rough stuff um but that's where she ended up Mm -hmm. but anyways uh enough of that let's let's ramp it back up so sadly for brett but lucky for us he did not find true love on the first season so on january 13th 2008 rock of love season two was released now season two was even more popular than the first season there were bigger personalities bigger fights and bigger everything (laughs) the second season of rock of love would birth two spinoffs but we aren't quite there yet now this season is even more outrageous like rather than doing the um the phone sex thing he does like a peep show where he has these giant rock of love coins and he puts a coin into the slot and then these curtains come up and the girls are behind glass doing like a talent one of them does like karate i think she she didn't understand the assignment um and then like one of them literally just like gets butt naked and like spreads her butthole and then like another one um 
like do, like wraps wraps herself up like a present. She's like, I'm your present, and like right, like it's right. like, and he's just like, I'll put another coin in for this, and whoever gets the most coins wins. Um, th- this season introduces us to a whole new cast of characters. Um, also right. like the first season, what happens on the very first episode is right off the bat before they go in the house, Big John picks five girls, kind of the the homelier ones essentially, and like they get kicked off right away. Uh, in the second season, right, he right. picks like four girls, and they're given VIP passes. Cause they're like the like leading contenders, what have mm-hmm. you. Um, and it's fucking crazy. I mean, the whole show that introduces us to Angelique, the uh, AKA Frenchie, who's insane. Mm-hmm. Also worth noting on flavor of love. He gave all the girls clocks, um, mm-hmm. y- you know, like real and chance. I-, I forgot what they give them, but on rock of love, it's like backstage passes that they get. And he famously says, will you stay in this house and rock my world? And that's like, yeah, that's the thing, right. which is like, and I, yeah. Flavor yeah. of love was like, um, your time is up. And then, right with the clock, but the clock is like a more. I mean, it's what oh, you Flava know what Flav's, time it is. That's that's what it was. Like, that's obviously what Flavor Flav's known for. But the thing with Brett Michaels is that he, I mean, Flavor Flav, you know, is a super big mu- popular musician. But Brett Michaels included all these like rock and roll tropes, like the backstage pass oh, yeah. and kind of the idea well, of the like. Theme song. Like the yeah, like like life on the road and all this stuff. And I mean, a lot of people say like when you know when was the death of rock and roll? I mean, like this show could have <laughs> been the death of rock and roll because it's taking these ideas of like groupie dumb and tour life, and it's making it's just such a goofy interpretation yeah. of all this shit. You know, yeah, like with these dumb contests, and, and he really kind of got ahead of himself in in season two because he's like really having sex with it with some of these girls and again one of the producers said that the first night of the first season he slept with four of the girls at once and the rest of the cast was like well we're gonna fucking quit because what the fuck like right so that's like one of those things where it's like that really happened yeah probably (laughs) probably like and i mean and unfortunately for the TV, you don't get to show that because that. Just, yeah, I need you know, I need like just... <laughs> the the fucking Rock of Love uncensored, uncensored. Yeah. So they they do the big reunion, and uh, one of the you know like throughout like each season they always bring back a contestant to help in a challenge like Lacey who was known as like the biggest conniving bitch from season one she's the one that gets into a fight with one of the other contestants about um being she's a member of like PETA and like the other ones like if there was an animal oh, here yeah. right now I'd fucking kill it like just like fucking with oh, Lacey yeah, which but... is hilarious but um mm-hmm. In the second season, Lacey returns, and, and there's like a roller derby challenge that she's like the host of. Heather also returns. Rodeo returns, because one of the things they do in every season is the Brett Michaels Mud Bowl, where he has the girls play like tackle football in mud, and <laughs> it's like a whole fucking thing. Um, but Heather does not get along with Daisy. Daisy De La Hoya was one of the main contenders on season two, and at the reunion, Heather like beats her up. And Heather was actually poised to get her own show, um, but didn't because she beat the shit out of Daisy, uh, you know, on this reunion. So there's like a weird line. It's like, we want you to act crazy because that makes for good but TV. But don't hurt but anyone except if you're for actually going to be yeah. physically violent, like we can't, right. we can't condone that in a public sphere, which is, yeah, yeah. we'll it, get into that. It, it, yes, it's a whole thing. So before we get to the next installment of Rock of Love, we have to discuss Charm School. Now, Charm School, as you know, from part one of this series, was a competition show with contestants from the Of Love shows. Charm School season one featured women from Flavor of Love, but season two, which was released in October of 2008, was comprised of women from Rock of Love seasons one and two. And it was hosted by Sharon Osbourne and 
Headbangers Ball host Ricky Rackman. And this show has it all. First fucking episode, Dallas throws an apple at Lacey's head. Fucking fantastic. Um, I think this girl's name is Courtney. She was in... Um, uh, Season two of Rock of Love, she gets so wasted that she doesn't make it to the first elimination ceremony. She just like barfs and like passes out. She does the same exact thing on the first episode of Charm School, uh, season two. Like she like passes out in a bush and Rodeo's like trying to help her. Also, poor Rodeo, like she's the like she has like a family to support and stuff, and like she like just mm-hmm. breaks down because all the girls like gang up on her, like an ageist kind of tip, and like she's just like screams, she's like, You don't even need this fucking money, I do. And it's just like fuck, <laughs> and like, like you have all of the great People like Heather, Lacey, you have Brandy C, you have Megan Hauserman. Megan was from season two. Uh, she she mm-hmm. made it really far. Brett broke her heart. Shocker. Um, and and then Sharon Osbourne, who doesn't take any shit from these girls. And, like, really, like, you know, you would watch it with a grain of salt. But, like, Sharon Osbourne really, like, was not taking any shit. And she, like, just straight up calls them out. She's like, look, I don't care that you're on fucking TV. I don't care. She's like, none of you are celebrities. I'm a celebrity. Fuck you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Stop crying. Get the fuck out. And like mm-hmm. when they'd be like, I just want to go home. Like I hate she's like, okay, then go. I don't fucking care. Right. Like, you know, she doesn't give two shits. And yeah, they compete for a hundred thousand dollars. Um Brandy M wins. Uh so that that's that's the whole deal. And also, um, they would I think I, I'm gonna mention it soon, but there was another charm school uh that had people from Rock of Love uh season three, which we're gonna get to, and uh real chance of love. But anyways, Brett Michaels returned to the small screen. Oh wait, I forgot the biggest thing about Charm School too. So at the reunion, uh Megan is shit faced. And Megan's thing was she was always in a bikini, like on the show. Like she all like they told him like one of the challenges are like, hey, dress like a lady like wear something that you would normally wear to like a nice place and she just comes out in a bikini mm-hmm. like she's always in a bikini but she gets shit faced right. at the reunion she's up there doing her her you know interview with Sharon in front of a live audience and she starts saying some shit about Ozzy. She's like, okay, because your husband on TV is so fucking poised and said mm-hmm. some shit. And Sharon's like, okay, hold on a second. And she grabs her like smoothie. She had like a smoothie with her. And she goes yeah. to take a sip and then just douses Megan with it. Dumps, like, com- yeah, dumps it, like it a fucking like full jamba on her. A Jerry Springer style fight. Yeah. I So Megan Hauserman is going to be a very uh, key figure in this episode. Um, and so I was definitely, I was doing like a deep dive on her and the, uh, interview she gave talking about that, which again, it's like this thing where it is kind of like wrestling the comparison you made in the last episode where even when people give the interviews, you still, you don't, you know that this stuff's going down, but then when people are saying it, it's hard to tell, like it, they're always sort of they're like going to be real with you, but they're also sort of furthering the drama a little bit more. Yeah. And so for instance, with Megan in this instance that you're talking about, she said that it was the reason why she got so drunk is because Sharon Osbourne was so late to the filming of this episode. So everyone was just waiting around with a bunch of booze. So by the time key to making these shows, it's like, right. Make the girls wait around an open bar. Right. And because it's funny because she said she was saying how like she did have lines like she was saying how the reunions are supposed to be scripted. But and she knew what she was supposed to say. But then she got shit faced and was like, I can still say what I need to say, but I'm going to like be drunk and go off script with it. (laughs) But it's just one of those things where she's still kind of saying, oh, well, 
Sharon was late, and so then that's why. So I, was I had to get and, drunk and insult her so husband. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's like she's gonna be real with you and let you know what really happened, but then you're like, "Ooh, interesting." I'm like getting sucked into more and more drama of this stuff. Yeah, it, it never ends. It's a constant fucking whirlwind. So Brett Michaels, he returned to the small screen in January of 2009 with his third and final attempt at finding true love. Rock of Love, Love Bus, aka the third season of Rock of Love, was the most ambitious season of the show. The two teams of girls were placed on a baby blue and hot pink tour bus respectively and joined Brett and his band on a nationwide tour whilst competing for his heart, aka his rock of love, aka his boner. Uh, the premiere <laughs> episode is easily one of the top three craziest episodes of any celebrity show. The girls in this one, like, because now MySpace is in full swing. So these are like scene girls, you know, like the crazy teased up under bleach hair and all that stuff. One of the girls, she's she's like, I'm a DJ, DJ lady tribe. I was in a graffiti, but then I got fake boobs. And like nothing she says makes sense. And she gets so yeah. drunk. She's like, she burped. She's like, sorry, I was drinking a little earlier. Like, and you're like, yeah. whoa, mm -hmm. dude, like this chick is fucking like lights are on. Nobody's home. And uh, yeah. Then like, and they all start getting into fights like immediately, and, and they're at this bar waiting for Brett to come in. And one of them, like, they have the shots like, um, if you go to like fucking like a Vegas club or like you know Bourbon Street like mainstream bar, like they have the shots and like little like test tubes, you know, like yeah. they're drinking mm -hmm. those. And one of them takes the shot, puts it in her vagina, like the tube, and then mm -hmm. spills it out into another girl's mouth. And like all the other girls are like, what the fuck? And then like right. uh, drinks are getting thrown in each other's faces. It's like completely unreal. Everyone's like, what the fuck? And then <laughs> dude, this is where it gets fucking crazier. DJ Lady Tribe, when she's like, when, when he's meeting all of the girls, First of all, he recognizes one who's like an old, like like retired porn star, and he's like, "I've seen some of your films," and she's like, "She's like that was such a long time ago," and she's just like all washed up and and not well. And then, uh, but DJ Lady Tribe, she fucking starts. She's like, "I wrote you a rap," and as if Brett Michaels wants to hear a fucking rap, but uh, she's reading it to him, and he realizes that on the back side of the paper, like so, the piece of the paper, like the side facing him as she's reading in this rap, is a fucking informational pamphlet on how to treat your herpes like that she like had with her and like like was like right. while reading about her you know std was like oh wait like eureka i have a rap to write for brett michaels let mm -hmm. me just read on the back and everyone's looking at this like oh my god and uh she Jeez. dude it's it's insane there's also a great episode where um this one chick she's like i think she's from brazil is what she says she's like loves tequila and the thing is when the girls say that they love a kind of booze like those are the girls that mm -hmm. always end up puking like, oh, like right. no matter what and uh, so she gets so <laughs> wasted and she's like dancing and like everyone's laughing and they're in these they're like all holed up in this hotel they all split off into their cliques she pukes right. her fucking guts out and then brett comes in she comes out of the bathroom wasted now but with a second wind but having just thrown up and she's like oh Brett and they start making out and like the camera pans out and she's holding a Dorito in one of her hands like while she's yeah. like making out with them it's the fucking basically, best yeah basically booze it that creates the the good stuff yeah rock of love the, is the car yeah. and booze is the gasoline like it just fuels yeah. the fucking mm -hmm. thing um also yeah. it's, it's worth no i mean it's just fucking crazy again you can watch all these on on tubi and hulu and everything else um it's also worth noting october of 2010 brett michaels kind of like 
uh, turned heel and and put out his another show, Life as I Know It, which is like him being mm-hmm. like a family man and not like making out with like girls that just threw up holding a Dorito and like you know girls taking shots out of each other's fucking vaginas. Like it's it's right. It's, well, again, it's the you know the image he probably was like, oh, I've cultivated quite <laughs> better uh, clean uh, this like up a man whore image for myself. Yeah, and I have kids and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So now my all time favorite of all these shows besides Surreal Life season four is without a doubt April of 2009's Daisy of Love. Now Daisy De La Hoya was second runner up on Rock of Love season two. And after having her heart broken by Brett Michaels, she was offered her own show. But first she proved herself as a standout personality on I Love Money. See how many fucking of these shows there are? It's out of control. I Love Mm -hmm. Money was a competition show where contestants from all of the Of Love shows would compete for cash through various physical challenges. The first season of I Love Money aired on July 6, 2008, and the second aired February 2, 2009. Now, this had, like... Megan, it had a rodeo, it had uh, Heather, it had um, like Frank the Entertainer, it had like all these guys from I Love New York, um, yeah. Midget Mac, uh, that, that's literally the name he goes by, I'm not like trying to be crass, uh, he, he was on it, and it's funny too, because Midget Mac, he gets kicked off of the first episode, because there's a challenge where like, the men and the women have to switch bathing suits, and he like refused to put on a bikini, he's like, I don't do that, I don't do that gay stuff, and so they're like, okay, well then go home, and like, that was, that was a wrap on him, yeah. also, uh, they all had to jump off of a boat, like into the water to like run to like the thing and like he couldn't swim so someone had to carry him um but yeah i love money also just at the same time that all this is happening at vh1 you have mtv with real world and road rules and yeah was it real world versus road rules well mtv was music channels are like pumping out so like between those two like i mean it's just this is the reality tv boom that's happening right a- absolutely now, you know? yeah and mtv had like a lot of shows like but we'll discuss it in, in a little bit um but they were doing their own thing we'll probably do a whole dump on that because people ask us to do that mtv dating shows all the time um but yeah so you know she, she daisy was on i love money and rock of love um on i love money she wasn't a competitor she was like a correspondent that would like interview the people um so daisy of love aired in april of 2009 and followed the same format as i love new york a mansion a bunch of boneheads tons of booze and one lonely girl looking for love in literally all of the wrong places and faces and if i had to narrow it down to only one of these shows as an absolute must see this is it Daisy is so beautiful. She's like five feet tall, big fake boobs, blonde hair, big lips. She's my perfect girl. So I'm standing. Like, Daisy of Love. So she's like a rocker chick. You know, she has like a sleeve of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas tattoos. That's, you know, like that that, that right, type. Right. And all these guys are like, like they, they kind of run the gamut, but they're all rocker dudes. I mean, there's 12 Pack who was on I Love New York and I Love Money. He comes to this to compete for Daisy because he actually really likes her. Uh, you know, whatever. There's like these two roommates and she gives them all nicknames. That's something they didn't do on Rock of Love. He gave a couple of them nicknames, but for the most part, that was just like Flavor of Love and I Love New York uh, and Real chance mm-hmm. daisy does does the nicknames and she has some great ones like uh again 12 pack that he already had that one um but then there's like sinister and chi chi and sinister and chi chi were roommates that came to compete against each other uh and like sinister had like a dark edge to him and chi chi was a little more sensitive um and then there's like flipper who's like a crazy guy that can do like a backflip like for whatever reason yeah um there's cage yeah. who's like a fighter uh big rig who's like this southern boy like good old boy who's 
like I mean, definitely probably has a record of some not good stuff. Um, like, so somewhere in there he has to. Um, but then there's like this is my personal connection to the show. There was these triplets like that are like teased out. 80s glam metal triplets that are on the show and they're from Sweden they're in a band called Snakes of Eden and uh, like in, in Sweden they're huge and I remember I went I was going to LA Community College LACC and they went too I would see these three triplets like that were dressed up like they're in fucking poison and like the heyday. And I'm like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is the deal with these right, guys? Right. And then it turned out that they were like in LA, like they, they did Daisy of love, but then they also, um, they were in like a lady Gaga video and like, they were trying to make it in their band. And these guys are like fucking aliens. Cause they're all rolling around this house. And like, there's all this food and booze and like Ricky <laughs> Rackman is like trying to get to know everyone. He's like, he's like, let me, he's like, be honest with me. There's three of you. How's that going to work? Like, we're just here for a good time, free food. And like, they go into the kitchen and one of them like they're looking at all these things to eat i don't know if they've never seen some of this food before or what but this is why i say they're aliens one of them takes out a jar of salsa the other one takes out a packet of like uncooked hot dogs and they're dipping the franks into the salsa and eating it and it's just like whoa what the fuck and uh their nicknames are uh 84 85 and 86 because ricky rackman says that's the last time it was appropriate to look like that and it's like fucking hilarious then there's a guy weasel who's like a little bit older than everyone like surfer guy and he keeps referring to his balls as his yams he's like oh man when i saw daisy i got that tingly feeling in my yams palms are getting sweaty yams getting a little tingly and you're just like oh christ he gets so drunk he gets his face drawn on i mean the show gets so crazy because like the guys like they're spilling their hearts out and being sensitive but they're also like this machismo early 2000s masculinity that's just like you know nowadays totally looked down upon and one of the challenges you know most of the challenges are like fun like sports-based stuff but Daisy literally just has them fist fight each other in one episode. Like she's like, "Hey, for this challenge, like you're just gonna fucking fight," and like people fight get club, like, their nose broken and shit. It's out of control. And uh, yeah, so that I mean, that shows just the best. She comes out, she does like a musical number uh, that sounds like this. Absolutely jaw dropping, man. I I was pitching a tent, I'm not gonna lie. It's just it's just the best one. But Daisy now, um, she's a, she's kind of a recluse. Um, she, you know she. Definitely looks like she's had a couple hard years, um, you know, which I'm sure she did. You know, a lot of these people from these shows did because, you know, you fall off from that. And then like those shows, you know, and you're and you're partying in on the show. So it's kind of it feels like it's going to lend itself to like a pretty intense party. Yeah, a pretty big come down, uh, you know, around. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. Also, um, I've read that she is a big flat earther. She's also a denouncer of the Me Too movement. Uh, so she's a complex character, that Daisy. But the, mm-hmm. so, so that show ends. 
So the next month, this is May of 2009, Charm School 3 airs. That season was a mix of girls from uh, Rock of Love and uh, Real Chance of Love, and it was hosted by Ricky Lake. And that, that season is nonstop screaming because the Real Chance girls and the Rock of Love girls completely split. It's like the house was segregated almost. And you're just like, whoa, like the, like the white chicks and the black chicks do not want to talk to each other. And like that, like the rivalry, it's like prison. Like the rivalry is literally split down to race, yeah. basically, like is how it well, looks. Well, it's also... It's also just interesting because you had Flavor of Love, which was like a rap star, and then you had Rock of Love. So, I mean, even in that sense, it's kind of like this sort of having this binary, like, all right, well, we did like one show that's like rap and more black people, right. so let's have one for like white folks and rock, yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly. Also, it's worth noting that uh, For the Love of Ray J aired in February of 2009, and the second season of that aired in November of 2009. Ray J, as we all know from our Celebrity Sex tape episode it was in the sex mm -hmm. tape with kim kardashian uh the sex tape that launched billions of dollars worth of careers uh, and it's pretty boring yep. it's most like the bachelor of any of these shows also there was my antonio with antonio zabato jr big supermodel um same kind of deal girls competing for him uh, but those ones are pretty boring they didn't really make the splash that the others did i feel like they were aimed at more right. of like an older crowd more of a reserved crowd um you know, it's like the R&B show, you know what I mean, as opposed to rap mm -hmm. or rock. But now right. we're at the death of celeb reality. And it gets serious here now, folks. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. So popular. This is good stuff. It, I didn't know any of this, this is, until. Uh, this makes the whole fucking yeah. episode. This, this makes the whole series mm -hmm. right here um, for all the wrong reasons. So popular Rock of Love season two contestant who also was on Charm School 2 and I Love Money, Megan Hauserman, was given the opportunity to be the next Daisy. Uh, also, Lacey from uh, Rock of Love 1 and... Um, Charm School. She was offered her own show, I Love Lacey, but that didn't pan out, um, most likely because of what happened with Megan. But getting ahead of myself. So Megan was offered her own competition show in which a group of young millionaires would compete for the love of the aspiring trophy wife. That was Megan's whole thing. I just want I just want to lay out in tan and eat sushi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tan and eat she's... sushi. She says it in like every show she's in. Yeah, I think at some point she's yeah, basically yeah. I just want to be a trophy wife. Yeah, you know? and she's that's, always in a bikini. Yeah. That that's her deal with a little dog. And the show was titled "Megan Wants a Millionaire." Megan wants love. Megan wants money to live a life of milk and honey with a man who takes her there. A gentleman extraordinaire. Megan wants a millionaire. And what Megan wants, Megan gets. And that show debuted in August of 2009. Now, Megan, she was also in Playboy, and her first experience in reality TV was on the third season of Beauty and the Geek, which was not a VH1 show, and she actually won uh, the $250,000 cash prize. She split it with the guy that she was paired with, and the two went their separate right. ways. Yeah. And so she's that, like seasoned. Right. And so that's it. So again, I kind of, I was doing this like little snooping around with the whole Megan situation. Cause we're going to find out how crazy it gets. And that was another thing that she said that the producers knew in rock of love, they knew that she had this other show, but they were basically like, Oh, this is an easy way for us to, eliminate you because that's part of the eliminations they the producers always wanted like they wanted people to be eliminated but they had to make it very obvious to the 
you know, the audience that like there had to be a reason for the audience to know, you yeah. know, you can't just like have the producers saying we don't like them, so they should go. You need that story arc. Yeah. And the so TV basically thing, that happened in Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, all these where you where they right. would find out that this person was on another show or auditioned for another and then, show. And that would kind of sour so the whole thing. Yeah, because then you can pull the classic. You're supposed to be here for flavor. For the Flay. right reasons. Yeah, yeah. Are you here? That was a, a like a big catchphrase on on these. Like, are you here for the right reasons? Yeah, that's that's part of the um, bachelor so then, and bachelorette drinking game. You drink every yeah. time they say that, and you get fucking tanked. It's really, it's really like plays into that. So she kind of, yeah, she kind of had her eye. She knew like. Like, again, you know, she wanted to be in entertainment. So she had this and she knew, OK, this is going to get me this far in this show. But then I got this other reality show and then she was able to finesse climbed her know, way another to another show. Megan wants a millionaire. Yeah, right. So she was given this. So Megan wants a millionaire would only air three episodes before being permanently pulled from television. And the reason was Ryan Jenkins. Jenkins ended up becoming the third runner up on the show. And according to Megan, carried on a private relationship with her during the filming. He then went on to be in and win I Love Money season three, which also would never see the light of day. Now, when I say private relationship, they actually, according to Megan, they actually liked each other. They would call each other on their days off of filming. They would secretly meet up. And she had basically told mm -hmm. him, you're going to win. Like, I'm going to pick you because I actually like you. And because of that, he stopped putting in effort. And the thing with Megan Wants a Millionaire is that the challenges are money-based. So, like, there's, like, a charity auction. You have to spend your actual money. You know, there's, like, right. like if you win a date with her, you have the option to buy her, like, jewelry or shoes or whatever from, like, this catalog of shit she wants. Kind of like how, like, OnlyFans girls have, like, their Amazon wish list. It was like that, but on a competition right. show. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't right. do any of that <laughs> because he thought he had it in the bag. And the producers told her, like, you can't pick him because he's he hasn't won any of this shit right you know and, and exact yeah and so that was one of those things where essentially you know she can pick whoever she wants but they kind of basically threatened like sure you can pick ryan but you know that's but it's gonna you, it's you gonna do that that's gonna affect your yeah. chance that's gonna affect your chances basically we're not gonna pick this show up again you're not gonna have a second season if you pick who we don't want you to pick. Exactly. So that was kind of an instance where the producers are starting to really, you know, put their muscle behind it. Like, this is how we see this show yeah. happening. And, and Megan, like you can, so on our Patreon, I did put up um, the first episode because Megan herself has uploaded a couple episodes to YouTube, which is just like, I just thank her so much because when I first found out about this whole story um, that's about to unfold, I searched high and low for any scrap of this show and being able to watch three episodes. Like I texted Parks, I think at what, like fucking three in the morning when I found it and I was like, <laughs> dude, 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 I found it, I found it. Yeah. Like I was so... Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't believe it. And it's, and yeah. like the whole thing. So like, instead of a backstage pass or a clock, she has credit cards and her thing is like, your credit's been approved or like your card's been your declined. Been and then she like yeah, snips yeah. your card. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, there's mm -hmm. some, there's some great stuff there. It's really a shame that you can't see the rest, but there's a good reason for that. So Ryan Jenkins was reportedly immensely depressed after losing Megan wants a millionaire. He felt betrayed by Megan who, despite assuring him that she had real feelings for him, did not choose him, nor did she attempt to form a relation with him after the show wrapped. So, 
Jenkins did what any celeb reality reject would do. He went to Las Vegas and married a model. Jenkins met Jasmine Fior at a casino, and two days later, they got married at the Little White Chapel in Las Vegas, Nevada. From the start, their relationship was rocky. Jenkins was charged with domestic violence quickly. I mean, like within months of them being together, maybe even less than uh, more than one month. And he was scheduled to appear in court December of 2009. Now, while filming I Love Money 3, Jenkins reportedly called Fior excessively, paranoid that she was having an affair. And he also kept saying, I've got to win this money for us. I've got to win this money for us. Uh, producers and co-stars thought it was odd that he called her so much, but they didn't necessarily see it as a red flag. Now, keep in mind that that show wrapped up months before it aired in August of, of 2009. So, you know, like he, he finishes filming the shows goes to Vegas, gets married, you know, then there's like the, that's a little bit of time before the shows actually air. And that's, that's when mm -hmm. he gets married and stuff. Um, so now on August 13th, 2009, just two weeks after Megan wants a millionaire aired and shortly after I love money three completed filming Jenkins and Fior were seen checking into a hotel in San Diego, California. The two were seen leaving the hotel the following day, but at 4:30 AM when Jenkins returned, he was alone. The next day, August 15th, 2009, the mutilated body of an unidentified young woman was found stuffed in a suitcase inside of a dumpster in Buena Park, California. The victim appeared to be badly beaten and strangled, and on top of all that, her fingers and teeth had been removed, most likely to stall the investigation. Whoa. Mm -hmm. You guys didn't yeah. see that coming, did you? That's rough. Yeah, and I didn't know. I did not know, and so this is where it gets really interesting in this entire of love franchise yeah but yeah i didn't know about this shit this, like because you know? i mean it makes you think like because those shows were so prevalent again like how many of these have we just mentioned to you like with the first right. half of this like of this i series, mean it makes my dozens, head spin you know and i will say i think my peak was the first season of rock of love and then i think as the spinoffs continued i mean i was like i don't know what the fuck's get going jaded. on so i yeah. kind of I checked out. So with even like two years later, I was like, I mean, I don't want to watch this shit anymore. So I had no idea this was happening. Yeah. When and happened, again, Daisy yeah. of Love is the, is the best one. But and that happened like right before this. But anyways, uh, back to the matter at hand. So three days later, the victim was identified as Jasmine Fior, the wife of Ryan Jenkins. Initially, Jenkins was not charged until they found Fior's abandoned car in Los Angeles filled with bloodstains and hair. What happened next has been reported differently from various news outlets, but the general consensus as to the series of events is as follows. After disposing the body, Jenkins returned to Nevada to retrieve his speedboat and then headed to Utah to settle some immigration disputes. He was a Canadian and he needed to get back into his home country. His car was found in Washington with an empty boat trailer attached. It was at this time that an arrest warrant was issued. Jenkins' boat was found in a marina near a relative's home off the you know, a Canadian coastline, but Jenkins was nowhere to be found. As reports of the murder and the manhunt that was now underway came flooding in, executives at VH1 polled Megan Once a Millionaire and decided to never air the third season of I Love Money. Now, the reason, like, even though he didn't win Megan Once a Millionaire, he made it to the top three, so he's in virtually mm -hmm the entire series and then he won i love money yeah. three so there's no like okay well he's only in the first two episodes like you know let's let's let this well, go yeah like no he's in the whole fucking they're, thing they're developing like a connection and so you get a lot of screen time and he could now have easily that, had his own show now that megan 
Hauserman has uploaded these episodes, it's pretty eerie to watch. She like, that guy killed his wife. Dude, she um, she picks it. He's the last one to be introduced to her on the first episode of Megan Wants a Millionaire. So it's like best for last kind of thing. And then also she he's the first one that she picks. He's also the first one that I think that she kisses. Like, and that's all mm-hmm. in the first episode. And you're just like, fuck, man, this guy like pulled the teeth out of a dead girl's face and cut her fucking yeah. fingers off, dude. Like, fuck. And so it talk about yeah it's 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 spooky yeah it, it's, it's really spooky. really spooky and megan uh reportedly you know she says that because she's in that for real the history of reality tv because they talk about this like predominantly because they're like this is what killed that whole thing you know what i mean like like, yeah. like if you wonder like what happened to those kinds of shows this is what happened like it's not that they fell yeah. out of favor they were more popular than they ever had been but this shit mm-hmm. fucking ruined it for everyone but she said that she was like terrified because she was like is he gonna come for me next like no one knows mm-hmm. where this guy is there's like a manhunt for him like yeah. we were like like we talked like like she talked to him like maybe a day after he got married or a day before he got married and was like oh like I was kind of still gonna maybe try and see if anything's like, happening between us but he yeah. had already mm-hmm. found you know this new girl so right. on August twenty third two thousand nine all this is happening within a matter of weeks by the way the, from the body being discovered right. the shows being aired and pulled uh, him going on a manhunt this is all happening in August of two thousand nine uh, on August twenty third the body of Ryan Jenkins was found in a British Columbia motel room he had hanged himself it was later discovered that he had been checked into the motel by his half sister Alina after the death of Ryan Jenkins it was discovered that he had a history of domestic abuse uh, that the background checks he underwent for the TV shows somehow missed. The blame for hiring a criminal, especially a criminal with domestic violence charges for a dating show, was passed around from, you know, from the production company to the network. The production company, uh, 51 Minds, is who put out most of these shows. They really mm-hmm. caught the, the butt end of this. And each, right. each season costs $6 million to produce. So they're out $12 million. VH1 now mm-hmm. sues this production company, you know, as if it's their fucking fault. Well, yeah. And actually, one thing about this background track is, like you mentioned, he was Canadian. And so these were um, Canadian records. So I don't expunged. remember the exact specifics. They, they were, expunged. but there was a yeah, yeah. So there was something. Yeah, it it didn't show up in that way, but still, you have this moral issue of Ex- you let a, a domestic abuser on your yeah, show when like I compete yeah. for this girl, and not only one show, but two mm-hmm. shows. And I mean, there's like a long history of people like suffering, you know, mental anguish from from going through these shows. Like Big Brother, uh, for instance, had a girl who like had like a serious mental breakdown, and like so now there's like there's a lot of emphasis on mental health and like upkeep on reality shows, especially ones where people are sequestered from their family, which is often the case because they don't want any progress of the show being leaked out or anything like that. So like, right. like on Rock of Love, like, you know, Lacey on Talk of Love podcast says that, you know, there for 30 days you're in this fucking house. There's no TV, there's no internet, there's no cell phones, like there's none of that. Like so you have each like you have alcohol, a pool, and each other, and that's it. Right. So then that's where it goes to that thing that we're saying where on one hand, sure, it's like trashy TV. But on the other hand, if you're putting people in these situations just to get them as riled up as possible so that they might do something crazy or violent or outlandish, you know, then that's where it gets into this questionable decision making on the producers, because if that, you know, this could possibly lead to a person having this thing where they murder them you yeah, know kill themselves snap. and and you know so yeah they snap so that's it's finally really the worst case scenario of some of these 
consequences is playing out now. Yeah. Now, no one wanted to take the blame, not only for moral reasons, but also, you know, having two fully produced and finished shows that never aired cost the production companies upwards of $12 million. And Mark Cronin, the man who started Celebreality, realized that there was just too much room for something to go wrong with the format he had created, and the Of Love shows ceased to exist. Except for I Love Money Season 4, which is weird because you saw I Love Money Season 2, and then all of a sudden it's I Love Money (laughs) Season 4, and they're like, what the fuck? Um, Right. That aired in September of 2010, but once all of these shows had aired, that was it. No more celebrity. Now, there was other shows like you know, that were part of the celebrity thing, like for instance, celebrity rehab, uh, but no more of love shows. I know you had another one. Right. I mean, well, no, but that's just, I just want to say that that's so crazy because you know, when it comes to dumps, uh, cause this, what this is all about as a culture dump, you know, you have this very short window, you have this huge explosion of these shows, but usually it kind of ends when the fad ends. Right. But this was like this very Screeching real, to very, very you know tragic thing that happened and so but that's what surprised me is like someone who doing this podcast and being interested in kind of trashy whatever pop culture all that stuff just not having any clue that this happened until we started doing the research for this it's like oh there was like a definite reason for right. this to and like it's, it's the dump got sealed because of a murder suicide right you know so that's crazy but then the the torch got passed to mtv because they took over the reality market with teen mom and jersey shore they also had next right. room raiders you know mm-hmm. like all, all these kinds of shows so it's like there was already the next wave of this like super trashy tv to to pick up where the celebrity era left off right yeah so, so that, that that's the deal. And not to mention like the long, yeah, like their, their whole list of the MTV dating shows. But the Jenkins incident led to changes in reality TV casting, like mental health screenings, more in-depth background checks. Uh, you know, th- you're not going to s- see that kind of thing happen again. And, and then that's also that thing where it's like the producers realizing that they more responsibility needs to be taken so now that kind of also ends that sort of wild west era of like let's feed them full of booze or whatever because then you're realizing that it could actually have something so there is i think now it feels as if the reality shows do have a tighter script and they do kind of because they're sort of like there is a little more they need to kind of control the situation more than before and so it feels like the scenarios are more played out stiff yeah in a way yeah. Like mm-hmm. people aren't throwing up it in their hands at dinner tables with Breck and Brett Michaels anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Or like right. fucking like any of the fucking crazy shit. Like Vanilla Ice and fucking Surreal Life like trashes the fucking house. Also, uh, honorable mention, Surreal Life Fame Games, where they uh, bring in people from all the different seasons of Surreal Life, including Vern and China once again. And like they have like this crazy argument where China's just like calling him like a, the M word, like fucking just calling him a midget to his face like over and over. And she's like, just accept it. It's what you and he's like what the fuck that's not what you that's not the word you use and it's just like to, to see Vern Troyer in China in a heated argument is just fantastic um, uh, but like yeah Vanilla Ice like trashes the house like there's just some some great great stuff there um, yeah but it's it's like you say that like it's this thing where it's it starts out fascinating but then at some point it gets, it, yeah it gets I mean a little, it's fascinating but it really and it's like I think I've learned a lot about it kind of and I did feel like at one way pretentious about it 
and then there is this entertainment value to it but also at the end of the day if you watch too much of it like your brain does just turn like you get stupider yeah. because there isn't <laughs> yeah. really anything I mean, I hate to say it, but there's nothing of substance really happening. It's no one's a better person for having seen all act, this. People yeah. just being bad versions of themselves. And actually, <laughs> another that's, that reminds me, that was a thing I've, I've with a lot of these interviews of people is like that's kind of part of this reality show uh, formula is that it's you again, you're kind of blurring the line. And so people, they figure out kind of what their personality is, the producers, and then they just encourage like do that, be more of that. Right. So it's like, be the most extreme Ryan, be the most extreme Parks. Like if you, you know, if you do get drunk, like get drunk all the time. If you, Oof, like I wouldn't make it past this. episode one, dude, I'd be the one that missed elimination. But it's like, if, if they, they pick and actually, I also read this thing where a producer was saying like, it doesn't matter what you think you're going to do. Cause you're on TV, but like under the camera, like eventually, you know, this you're the real you is going to come out but then it's just going to come out in this kind of mangled horrible like the <laughs> most extreme way yeah the monster version of you is what is being shown yes and that's that's what made all of these shows so great so what does it all mean well I guess it means that human beings are unpredictable. That wild card aspect is what draws us to reality television. So it really should not come as a surprise that after dozens of spinoffs and tons of contestants, at least one of them would do something terrible. There is no one to blame for the actions of Ryan Jenkins except for Jenkins himself. And while he did have a prior criminal record, it's not like the other contestants were all angels. It would be easy to make jokes or complain about how badly we want to see the lost of love show Megan Wants a Millionaire, but it would be far better if Jasmine Fiore never lost her life these shows are a true time capsule and there really hasn't been anything like them since and that's okay because there's more than enough to keep you entertained for years and truth be told we don't need and we don't deserve any more of them beautiful beautiful that is the dumps <laughs> of love where can you find these yeah. shows well we, we keep saying Tubi. it's a free app you don't need an account you don't even need to put in your email or anything a lot of these are on there uh hulu has them um also if you have a roku the roku app has has a lot of these as well um i i can't recommend them enough again my all-time favorite is daisy of love with the rock of loves in order being the, the next um but they're all worth mm -hmm. watching so real life you can't find really anywhere it got taken down um I'm sure it'll pop up again at some point, but a lot of the of love shows like real enchants flavor of love, rock of love, Daisy of love. That's all on there. Again, YouTube is, is your friend when it comes to this stuff. Um, and our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture dumps. We put up the first episodes of a lot of these. So, um, it makes sure you check that out and, uh, you know, it helps us out a lot as always rate and review and subscribe to whatever you're, you know, to the show on whatever you're listening to it on. Um, this was a great, great dump. And I'm glad that, uh, this was our big uh, 50, 50 first episodes. Uh, mm -hmm. Nice big one. We're going to have some, some easier uh, dumps to digest with a lot less uh, serious violence. <laughs> like this one got so dark. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing is it, it kind of went from like nothing, no substance to just suddenly, like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, zero to but 100. I, I mean, I think it was bubbling under because you're kind of pushing people. Right. I mean, but who knows? You know, it's yeah, it's it's complicated. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a dump. It's a dump. It's a dump. What else could be said? Yeah. yeah and if you have a suggestion for a dump or any comments or uh, want to relive your favorite moments of any of these of low shows, go ahead and hit us up on Instagram at culture dumps or by email at culture dumps at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten. I'm here with Parks Miller. Keep on dumping.